You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to the <laughs> Plane Talking UK podcast. This is Carlos and Matt is uh, Matt's coughing himself into smithereens here. Welcome to episode number 157 of the show. <laughs> do you want to do that again? <laughs> oh, we could do it again. We we'll leave that in, shall we? We'll leave that in. <laughs> okay, all right then. Sorry all right. about that. I don't know quite what happened there. <clears throat> Are you feeling all right now? No. I did get you a drink before the show. I know, it Although was I the drink that was making drunk, me cough. Though. I know. <laughs> so welcome everyone to episode 157 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stubbings and joining me as you coughily heard a moment ago... <laughs> Is my co-host Matt Smith? <clears throat> yes. Hello, everyone. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Just better leave you to press the buttons on this show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's all right. It doesn't matter though that I that my that I've, I've got a massive coughing fit going on because we're not alone this week. I'm pleased to say, as usual, we're lucky enough to have got ourselves a guest, and, and mm. well, I'll leave you to introduce him. So Wait, he needs no introduction. <laughs> he needs no, no introduction. Really. I'm not, so, it's coughing <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Go uh, Nev, you might be on your own in a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> our <laughs> guest this week on the show, we've got him back. We've got him back, and uh, he's uh, he's on oh, he's on guard with the tech issue. Um, um, mm, things yeah. and bits and bobs and pieces and stuff, and he's also our blue spanner of death in the chat room, along with uh, with Micah. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that information. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's our very good friend Neville Bounds. Hello, gents. Hello, everybody, and uh, great to be back. Thank you very much, Neil, for inviting me on the show again. Uh, new camera this week as well, bit of new lighting as mm. well, so hopefully a slightly better picture than previously. But uh, and more importantly, I've got me uh, me new plain talking UK uh, t-shirt on, which I have to say is superb quality. So Excellent. I would encourage all of your listeners to go out and buy one immediately. Excellent. Very good. Very Checks good. in the post. Checks in the post. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Actually, although I'm, I'm very surprised, uh, I, I, I have to say, I was a little apprehensive about having you on the guest because I on, on the guest list this week because I notice, uh, and I'm sure somebody in the chat room will uh, completely understand my my nervous and uh, sort of slightly distressed uh, demeanour. I understand you. <laughs> I understand you were a little inappropriate last night. <laughs> oh well, no, I, I just think that uh, I added something to the uh, uh, um, APG show that they weren't expecting right and, okay. it, and it caused a lot of hold laughter. on hold but, on uh, Nev. i think that that was after the official show Nev. okay all right so, so Nev. Nev, yeah please tell me you didn't do what pip done on one of the on one of the shows a few oh, few yeah. months back what, broadcasting from a, from toilet. a toilet yeah right <laughs> no no it wasn't the, okay it wasn't that <laughs> okay. bad wasn't that bad mm. indeed so we're going to say a big hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening um, blimey, there's a long list of people in there tonight. There, there is, yeah. Everyone joined us, look. Yeah, good. And we've got uh, Barbara is in the chat room, our good friend Barbara. Yeah. And uh, Captain Jeff. <gasps> Who? He's in there. <laughs> never heard and, of him. And uh, uh, Jen is in there. Jennifer's in there. Uh, our main man, Mike, is in there. Yeah, never heard of him. No. No. Mariana is in there. And Mash is in there. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Buntingframe mm -hmm. uh, sent him a t shirt about six years ago. Right, he should okay. have it by uh, mm, 2019. 2020 yeah. million. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Neville Bounds. He's in the chat room. No, well, no, no definitely Neville. never heard of him. No. 
Philip Davis is in the chat room. Um, we've got Richard Bell, Captain Rick Bell. He's Some, in the chat room. Somebody called Stephanie Plummer. Uh, oh, have we got? Oh, yeah, we've got I Dr. Steph. And uh, Short Parker is yeah. in the chat room as well. Okay. Uh, good evening to you as well. Actually, actually while we're doing... And Tony S. And Tony S. Uh, while we're saying hellos to everyone, actually, I should just say, um, uh, one of my friends, uh, rather unexpectedly, uh, I didn't realise he actually listened to the show. So uh, uh, he quite often listens while he's wandering around on his tractor. So hello, Stephen, or Steve Ellis. Wandering sorry. around on his tractor. Or not wandering around. You know what I mean. Does he not drive it? Does well, he just wander? Yes. All right. Okay. Walk along the bonnet. And I, d- I thought I was going to get away with it, but obviously <laughs> not. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> if you are listening to this, uh, oh. hello, Steve. Uh, nice, nice to hear you. Uh, yes, you we we love new show. listeners. We, we do, do love absolutely. new listeners. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. tell all your friends. Yeah. Uh, and 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 my friend Giles is also in the chat room as well. So. Yeah, I did say to my mother actually today when I saw my mum. I said, "Are you going to watch tonight's show, mum?" Because my mum's never watched a live what, show. What think, thinking? It, what what uh, thinking? You were talking about comic relief, and, which uh, well, is also one about this time. <laughs> I, I got got the answer that that I hardly know how to use my phone. How am I going to watch your show? Um, and I wasn't going to sit there and explain to mum how to use. Well, what phone. you could do if you can create a, an and is it because it's an Android handset? It, no, no, no. It's an, it's a phone. A, a, a what now? It's, <laughs> it, it, it's what it's a iPhone. Yeah. Oh, proper. Phone. Better quality. Better yeah. quality. That's what that is, right? So there. I think I'll have to do quality. some instructions and print them out in A4, and then she can uh, perhaps, um, you no, know, watch Or show. I'll create her a link that you can put on her home screen, and then she can press it and it'll take it straight yeah, that, to that'll the show. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, <laughs> while we're talking about things like that, oh, oh something Matt, arrived. Matt got yeah. a present I did. this week I from did. one of our listeners I who did. is in the chat room tonight. It is indeed. And now, this is uh, quite handy, actually. Uh, now, what happened to the. Here we go. So. Uh, if I if I look here we go look I'll, I'll put this up for those of you in the YouTube room YouTube thingy he says trying to hold it still so it says uh, anyway it said Matt I thought this book might help you with your flight to Pittsburgh Micah look at that now this is a book that uh, is is getting quite, quite popular I was quite excited yeah. because I I heard about this book because uh, the guy who wrote this book was a guest on one of the podcasts that I listened to mm-hmm. so. Uh, um, if you're going to get a book, I think this is the one to get because it's supposed to be very, very good. Mm, absolutely, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward to giving it a read. Obviously, when, when we go out to Pittsburgh, so that's going to be good fun. So, uh, thank you very much, Micah. I'm looking no. forward to giving well it a done, read. Well done, Micah. Absolutely. I know. Yes, it arrived this morning. Wow. Indeed. Good old Amazon. Yeah, I know. I absolutely. Know. Who? Good. Who? Well, I was thinking what? more. Well, 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 good, good old Michael. Actually, who printed that book, Matt? Not you. It's printed is in it the not States. Us? Calm down. Is it really? <laughs> is it <laughs> not one of ours? No, it was printed in Illinois. Oh yeah. no, not one of ours. No. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Sorry to um, disappoint you. And well, all. I know. <laughs> I know. So um, we've got loads of news to get through this week. We do, yes. uh, we've also got some uh, voice feedback yes. from uh, Grant McCarran from yes. the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. He yep. sent us in some voice feedback for the show, which mm. is really good. We've got that to play as well. Yep. We've got uh, some interesting military stories this week, which will be quite good. good. Uh, one yes. of them is for the Royal Air Force, which is quite nice. Yeah, like, and like and, and yes, and 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 that's about it, really. Is it? But uh, right. we're gonna we're gonna trawl through some news. So uh, are we? Yes, so uh, we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Uh, Yes, 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 I'm ready. And are you ready, Nev? Yes, ready when you are, gents. Let's go. So, 
So kicking off this week's first news story, and this one is on the usatoday.com website. And uh, the headline, $140 Europe Fares. Uh, British Air Parent rolls out a new budget airline. And uh, just before we start the show, uh, Neville did point out that the, he thinks that they probably did get the name of this uh, airline <laughs> incorrect, yeah, yeah, yeah. as uh, it's mm. called Level, uh, yeah. as in L-E-V-E-L. Uh, it probably they should have actually they they you know they've got it wrong. It should be Neville, really, I suppose, as the uh, the budget airline. But uh, a new budget uh, European carrier has made waves uh, this week when it began selling bargain basement fares between USA and Europe. Uh, but this new discounter isn't some fly-by-night upstart. Instead, it's the work of British Airways, parent company International Airlines Who? Group, Never IAG. British Airways? <laughs> Level, uh, the airline Level, officially launched uh, last week. It's $149 fares one way from California to Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona? Selling, selling uh, <laughs> at a pace so brisk, the carrier's website strained under the demand. I expect it did for $149. Uh, Level sold more than 64,000 tickets during its uh, first 48 hours of sales, according to IAG. Uh, that a major airline company like IAG has launched its own standalone budget carrier underscores a new wave of competition on transatlantic routes. Fast-growing discount carriers Norwegian Air and Wow Air. Wow! Thank you. Of Iceland <laughs> have added dozens of uh, new US routes in recent years. Fares from the US to Europe have dropped as low as $65 one way as those airlines have added new routes and destinations. Uh, so for IAG, whose holdings also include British Airways, Iberia, Aer Lingus and Spanish low-cost carrier Vueling, uh, Level is in part way to fight back against its growing discount rivals. But IAG's CEO, Willie Walsh, says it's also an attempt to exploit a market that the company believes can be profitable. Level's first flights will come this June when it begins flying four routes with Airbus A330 aircraft. All of the carrier's initial routes will operate from Barcelona. Uh, two will go to California, Los Angeles, uh, which launches in June on June the 1st, while Oakland begins on June the 2nd. Others will go to Punta Cana on June the 10th in the Dominican Republic and to the Argentine capital of Buenos Aires on June the 17th. Level will fly uh, a twice-weekly service from LA and three times a week from Oakland. Uh, Walsh says that Level could be flying as many as 30 wide-body A330s within five to seven years, expanding to an additional cities across Europe and the Americas. Our ambition here goes way beyond what we've just announced, Walsh said in an interview with Today in the Sky. We've made it clear that we think it's a segment that can be com uh, competed for by IAG profitably, and we wouldn't do it if we didn't believe it would be profitable. And the story goes on about how cheap they are and wonderful they are. But uh, there we go, a new airline and uh, part of IAG. And uh, it's a shame they've obviously chosen the Airbus product, but, you know, someone's got to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this one, Nev? It's obviously uh, it's one of your, um, you know, it's, it's partnered up with your airline. No, it's a, ty it's a typo. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not level at all, it's Neville. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't afford the royalty to use my name. Ah, but, good um, point. Good point. Yes. Um, but uh, no, this is what we've been waiting for, isn't it? This this uh, transatlantic uh, cheap flights, and people have been looking for this for for many years. And I have a feeling uh, that uh, just at the back end of last year and the start of this year, we're going to see a lot more of this stuff as well. So mm. uh, watch out for more of it. So it's the, it's the Ryanair model, as it, as it were, uh, but uh, uh, for the transatlantic sectors. So, so um, yeah, I, I think. It's very significant indeed. Uh, Paul Can thirty eight in the chat room says one hundred and forty nine dollars, of which one hundred and twenty dollars is probably fees and taxes. How More than can they do yeah. it? <laughs> Absolutely. Very true. Very mm. true. Uh, does does that include taxes? That price. It I think I think they do say. have to. Do they have to? Do, I think they have to declare they the taxes declare, now, don't yeah. they? Isn't there some rule or regulation where they must do that now? Because I know. And do you get a yeah, carry-on bag? Do you get a, do you get a whole luggage with that fare? Well, that, I mean, that I don't yeah. Know, yeah. we'll have to look at the what the levels website if they've got. They must have a website already. Okay, I think we should leave that to our British Airways correspondent. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave. <laughs> I might to look do a bit of a um, after the show. So I might do a bit of a test uh, booking or something and, mm. and see exactly <laughs> see, see, um, yeah. how much it would be to do uh, these yeah. things. When, once you put a you know um, a bit of baggage on board yeah, and absolutely. all this sort of business. yeah very true yeah yeah well yeah. do do keep us posted uh, uh, I look forward to receiving the video feedback about it <laughs> just not the invoice <laughs> just not the invoice <laughs> just not the invoice no no no, no. no. so moving on <laughs> to the next story which is uh, a uh, very well known uh, carrier which is uh, the next story for you Max really okay uh, righty ho so this is on. Once again, a quality newspaper. <laughs> it's the Sun newspaper. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's what a sham. Ryanair customers furious are furious. They are after airline launches twelve-hour flash sale with five-pound seats, then shuts down website. Okay. The low-cost carrier advertised a midweek madness sale, but their website was closed for maintenance. Ryanair customers desperate to pick up cheap, seat, cheap seats in the airline's flash sale have been left outraged after the website then promptly closed for maintenance. Oh dear. The low-cost carrier is advertising a midweek madness sale on its site with only 12 hours to buy flights from as little as £5. But customers keen to take part before the 6pm cut-off today were left disappointed when they were greeted with a message that read, sorry, website is unavailable due to scheduled maintenance. <laughs> Uh, the uh, Twitter one Twitter user Danny Watchorn said uh, that Ryanair is organising a sale while the site isn't working. Uh, is um, sorry, Ryanair organising a sale while the sale while the site isn't working is Michael O'Leary's most evil yet genius plan to date. What a sham, Ryanair hashtag mess. Um, another another called uh, Mulsey Malped said that uh, we can't have uh, five euro flash. Uh, sale if your site is down, Ryanair. A frustrated customer called Darren Coogan Martin, who got uh, halfway through his sale, uh, the sale of his booking, said uh, Ryanair announce a sale, then put their website offline for maintenance <laughs> whilst I'm halfway through booking. Hashtag rude. I mean, you sort of get the theory, you get the gist here, really. So the company <laughs> had uh, scheduled maintenance for both its website and app this evening, running from uh, 6.30 until 2.30 tomorrow. Yeah, that was yesterday. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But the message on on the site's homepage this afternoon appeared to indicate that the maintenance had started early, uh, several hours before their big sale was due to finish. Uh, it's perhaps a little bit naughty. I mean, it's different if there was unscheduled maintenance because of, say, traffic load or whatever, and the site has fallen over or crashed. That's well, it's not okay, but it, it is at least understandable. For, but for a tech novice like myself, yes. and obviously you and uh, our lovely guest Nev here yep. will know the answer to this. 
But as a tech novice myself, yep. although I do know how to press mm. buttons and stuff, yep. um, scheduled maintenance on a on, on. I mean, do they have to go into a room and there's some rubbish on the floor and they have to sweep it up because uh, um, no, you, it's dirty? You, or usually, they... uh, when you're when you're buying things online, and I'm, uh, Nev, please correct me if I get this wrong, but basically, when you're buying things online, you have the back end of it is uh, basically a database system. Uh, those systems have to be tidied or maintained on a regular basis so that you don't get lost indexes and, and things like that. So routine maintenance on any kind of busy shop is perfectly normal. Now, whether maintenance was scheduled earlier than... Pl- I mean, it did clearly state that it should have started at 6.30 after the sale. So mm. I think actually maybe there was a glitch in the site and it went into maintenance automatically early because one of the one of the websites that I look after um, that that has a similar system where you press you press a little switch and it takes the front end of the website if you like offline uh, and just says basically this site is undergoing maintenance. Hmm. Um, so does, does our website get dirty? Uh, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the chat room does, but that's a different conversation altogether. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you. I mean, I just have I just have visions of someone going in a room in the server room, and there's yeah. like, God, look at the rubbish in yeah. here, dustpan and yeah. brush, you know, sweeping <laughs> up. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's yeah. The rule the rules are very strict when you when you're using other people's credit card information, etc. You you have to do very routine maintenance, uh, and and you must clean indexes and things like that to ensure that data doesn't accidentally appear somewhere else. So All right. it is perfectly normal. I do think it's highly questionable that it appeared several hours earlier than the published 1830 mm. time. So whether it is because perhaps the sale had been more popular than they had anticipated, I'm being terribly controversial here perhaps, um, and therefore the site went into early maintenance. It might have been because all, all, the, all the seats had been sold. Mm. Um, mm. But I think they would have even been better to have left a sold out you know, sort of banner up <laughs> rather than saying <laughs> yeah. the site had gone into uh, the So I think a, a PR um, faux pas, I think, is the best way to describe Nev? it. Well, yeah, I think you're right. And also a lot of these um, or, uh, systems uh, that clean, I was just about to say clean the back end, but you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, uh, um, that is indeed autom- what she said. <laughs> are automated and yeah. uh, therefore there's not much in the way of sort of manual intervention for some of no. these things. Okay. So I think that uh, it may have been a, a, a glitch mm. somewhere or maybe there was a bit of a power outage somewhere and it, mm. it came back on. Yeah. And of course, these data centers that we're talking about are absolutely enormous. They yes. are handling yeah. Yeah. massive amounts of uh, and terabytes of, of data um, so yeah inevitably th- things go wrong sometimes mm. as we all know yeah and, I, and I've had a couple of issues with with a couple of the shops that, that I do where because um, normally you have to trigger maintenance mode on on I, I quite often build shop shops using a service called open cart which is quite reliable um, you know very easy for someone like me to sort of you know uh, manipulate the back end he says pardon me uh, <laughs> if required um, but those particular shops don't normally go into into um, what, safe mode or or maintenance mode without someone pressing a button somewhere. So I mean, yeah. okay, it depends on on what system. I'm sorry, I'm going to use the word again, but it depends on what system they're using in their back end. Okay, <laughs> in their back office. Just, just back make, office. Just make that sure. Sound? Is that a bit better? Could, yeah. could you just make sure, Matt, that you keep our Plain Talking UK podcast website clean? Oh, uh, 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 you know, no, I don't want any dust build up or anything. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll contact GoDaddy immediately. Well done. Uh, <laughs> so our next story, uh, moving over to our guest this evening, is uh, is for you, Neville. 
Yeah, this is on the uh, Bloomberg website, and this is all about British Airways that are going to start scanning faces to enable faster Ooh. boarding. Mm. And it says that British Airways is rolling out technology that will allow passengers to go through boarding gates at its main London Heathrow Airport hub using facial recognition. Biometric devices at the main security screening area in Terminal 5 capture a traveller's features along with the boarding pass, and then a facial scan at the gate verifies the person's identity, allowing them to get onto the plane without showing documents, BA said in a letter to staff. The system is designed to speed up boarding and reduce errors, it said. Three gates are now using the equipment with another 33 planned in the coming months, the carrier said, and the system will be used initially only for domestic routes with the eventual goal of extending it to international flights. And uh, BA is a unit of um, London-based uh, IAG, which is their, their parent company, already operates self-service luggage check-in desks at Heathrow and Gatwick, and they're part of a four-year re reorganisation uh, under Chief Executive Alex Cruz that includes investments to improve passengers' flight access. And the addition of self-boarding gates, along with the self-serve bag drop points, are just two of the ways in which uh, we are investing in areas our customers value most. Uh, that's what Troy Warfield said, who's Director of Customer Experience at the airline. And uh, Heathrow uh, facial scanning setup is starting uh, just as new UK and US security measures take place, of course, and uh, forbidding travellers coming from some Middle Eastern locations from bringing laptops and other large consumer electronic devices into plane cabins. And uh, the aviation industry is looking into facial recognition technology worldwide. Paris Charles de Gaulle, uh, airport is testing software to make passport control faster, whilst KLM and uh, Air France is in a three-month trial at Amsterdam Schiphol Airport. And the systems are also being uh, installed in the US and Japan. Uh, I've got to say, if it's anything like the passport recognition stuff that's at uh, Heathrow and Gatwick, um, best of luck with that. Be afraid, It is Be notoriously afraid. unreliable. <laughs> and um, I don't know how many times I've been through there, and it just doesn't work. So, um, obviously, I think the other thing is I would say about this, that some of the um, shows that I go to, some of the exhibitions I go to, that they have facial recognition systems. And it, it's designed to estimate your age um, and whether you're male or female. And the last one I tested said that I was female and 35. Hmm. I think I think maybe a support bra perhaps might solve that problem. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I could yeah. certainly do with losing a couple of pounds. Absolutely, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, I need a wonder bra personally. But anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, it's just it's um, facial recognition. Yeah, because they they know. trialed I mean, a similar thing at Amsterdam, didn't they? We, mm, we had a story yeah. about that not so long I mean, back. It does have the potential though to be really quite. Um, I mean, uh, what happens if you grow a beard though? Mm. Well, I think and also, why don't they use fingerprint technology? I mean, this works mm. really well mm. for your yeah. iPhone, oh, for uh, unlocking your uh, uh, PC, or all this sort of stuff. Mm. You see, now... No, we've, we've got that where I work. What's that? All our access doors for our factory mm. where I work are all fingerprint, and they... I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I, 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 well, the phone's good. Yeah, yeah. The well, one, one of my say, phone works. Really a, lot, well. a lot of the phones have them, and like, I, I mean, I, I'm, mm. I've recently become a, an iPhone user, and it's the first time that I've had experience Sorry, of that. one. Sorry. Shut up! Uh, <laughs> it's the first time that I've ever had experience of the the finger uh, fingerprint technology and thumbprint, and uh, you know, it, it is worth sitting there putting several thumbprints in 
But it, it, it I, I've never not had, I've never had to type the pin code in to get in. <laughs> I'm almost terrified to look and see what. Uh, oh no, Jen, uh, Jen in the, yeah. in the uh, chat rooms put Nev Nev doesn't get an automatic pass for BA. Well, that is that, true. That is a concern. Not even yeah, actually. Not even wow, I'm, that's a surprise. Surprising that is. Mm-hmm. You know? You'd think it's his own aircraft. To be fair, you know, alongside Willie Walsh. Right. Okay. Uh, alongside who? The the IIG, the owner bloke. Who owns oh, all the, um, I thought you said stuff. Louis Walsh. No, Willie Walsh. <laughs> Thought, what is this, the X Factor? <laughs> well, this is, I did wonder. Uh, you do watch that rubbish, or at least you used to. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So moving yeah. on to the next story. Mm, yeah. And uh, this uh, story is on the, well, it's on theaustralian.com.au. And uh, the headline, it's uh, a story that uh, started this week. It's all about the ban on everything mm. you can take on a plane. And uh, the uh, headline, laptop ban. How airlines will soften the impact. Uh, tech workarounds could address the productivity roadblock caused by the US and the UK uh, laptop airline the cabin ban. Laptops, tablets, cameras and other electronics larger than a smartphone have to be packed in as checked in luggage. They can't be used on flights and, and at departure lounges after luggage is checked in. Uh, that could heavily impact the first and business class patronage of Middle East airlines such as Emirates, Etihad, Qatar Airways, where business travellers accept uh, to work en route. But uh, airlines are already introducing measures that will soften the impact of the ban and make it more possible for passengers to access their files and work product, uh, productively while on the way to the US and the UK. Overnight, Emirates announced uh, to passengers uh, at passengers uh, that are travelling from the US via Dubai can use their laptops and tablet devices on the first part of their journeys and also during transit in Dubai. They will then need to declare and hand over their laptop, tablets and other banned electronic devices to security staff at the gate just before boarding their US-bound flight, the airline told the Australian. The devices will be carefully packed into boxes, loaded into the aircraft hold, hopefully not like they were the other week on that story we ran, and returned to the customers at their US destination. Uh, there won't be any charges for the service either. President of Emirates Airlines, Sir Tim Clark, said the airline aimed to ensure compliance with the new rules while minimising disruption to passenger flow and impact on customer experience. He played down the likely financial impact to the company. Our historical data shows that on Emirates and US flights, 90% of passengers using our onboard mobile and Wi-Fi connectivity services so do via their smartphones. Only 6% connect their, uh, via their laptops and 4% via their tablets. Uh, that is not to say that other passengers aren't using their devices offline, but perhaps the silver lining to this is that they can now justifiably give themselves a break from their devices and enjoy our onboard service and catch up on their latest movies, music and TV box sets that they have on offer. The US has banned anything larger than a smartphone's cabin luggage in US-bound flights from 10 airports in 8 countries. Egypt, Jordan, Kuwait, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. A similar British ban applies to all inbound flights from Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Tunisia and Saudi Arabia. 
It would be possible for airlines to further reduce the effect on the band for, uh, and allow for passenger productivity during flights with some software modifications. Uh, they could allow passengers to connect their smartphones to flight entertainment systems and with full-size keyboards use them like a desktop PC. Yeah, good idea. Mm -hmm. On some pa airlines, passengers already uh, look at photos and watch videos stored on their phones using the in-flight entertainment system mm. via a connecting cable, which I've done, and it works really well. Oh, right, okay. Uh, while the market share is small, Windows phones achieve this through a feature called Windows Continuum. Uh, you connect via uh, to connect a Windows phone to a screen and keyboard and use the system as if it was a Windows PC. Oh. Android provides solutions such as Andronium operating system that creates a desktop environment from an Android smartphone and it's available to use as an app. The problem is more difficult for iPhones <laughs> but you can work on files using applications such as pages, numbers and keynotes. Uh, and sync them with iCloud at the destination airport when you reconnect Le to the internet. Leave it with me, listeners. I'll throw stuff at him in a minute. It's Alternatively, <laughs> airlines could incorporate PC-type apps as part of their entertainment systems with common desktop applications such as word processing that customers can use in flight. Patrons could bring their files on board on a USB stick and then save modified new files before leaving the flight. Yeah, that's a good idea as well, mm, actually. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I got, got myself in a little bit of a muddle here because I was suddenly panicking because th there is some gear that we need to bring from here to take out to Pittsburgh, but it's actually only... It doesn't affect flights from the UK to the States, does it? No, 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 no. So it, it is only Middle Eastern... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's only, I think it's eight, is it eight carriers? I can't remember how many. It was only yeah, they had carriers, the list of it? the list of the UK mm. carriers that uh, mm. BA was one of them. Yeah, um, BA was listed. EasyJet, mm. uh, Monarch was one of them as well. Oh, that's um, more because of where it flies to, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know. Did you, uh, do you, I take it you obviously saw this story during the week, Neville, about mm. the, uh, the ban. Yeah, I, and I obviously there is a there has been a specific threat, uh, and this, which is why they're putting this in place. Inevitably, um, there is no universal answer to this stuff, I'm afraid, and we're going to have more and more of this. Um, and of course, as I've mentioned a couple of people once before, you know, we're the security folks. They're they're always going to be behind the curve, aren't they? Um, the the travel ban on liquids, for example, which was brought in 11 years ago now hard to believe that but yeah that's how long ago it was mm. um you know th again that was for a specific threat but the terrorists have, have moved on probably that they, they, they are you know no longer using that kind of thing mm. so they're several steps yes. ahead but uh, yeah inevitably it's going to be a disruption to the traveling public and of course what, what, what you were, what you were saying there never of course and i, and I am going to mention it obviously because it was quite a big event that took place uh, in uh, you know and you know i call it event because i don't really know what else to to mm. call it because I, I don't know if if the word terrorist is necessarily the right right word but um you know i mean the, the these sort of incidents do tend to be a little bit more sort of back to basics and a lot cruder perhaps than than the sort of ex, you know incidences that we've seen on airplanes and things before so you know it may be as you say that perhaps the model for want of a better word has has, has shifted focus and this is going to make no difference as you say to um to any kind of threat that, that, that may or may not be be uh, sort of occurring. It's, um, so those of yep, you in the absolutely. chat room would have obviously noticed that uh, uh, my my lovely wife Gemma's come home, and um, <laughs> just for the chat room, dear, if you want to just um, just on the camera here. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> Hello, Gemma. Day. Not, not at all. <laughs> no, You've no, had indeed. a good day. I've had a terrible. Day. Oh, okay. Right, okay, oh, dear. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Bath and wine, dear. I th that's I what that's what the doctor prescribes. Excellent. I bought 
wine. That's all I'm having. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fair enough. Okay, just bath and wine. It's the way forward. Absolutely. Yeah. No, so it's clear to say then that this ban is going to be um, mm. rather uh, um, horrible for some people. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is it going to have... Uh, I mean, have we got to be a bit careful? Is it likely... Is, it, is the ban likely to extend, do you think, Nev? I mean... Have, have we got to be a bit careful about what we take out to Pittsburgh, for example? I mean, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think certainly when we're going uh, UK to US yeah. is not a problem at all. Okay. The, the only thing that I'm slightly uh, confused about is that, um, for example, if you were going Dubai, uh, Frankfurt, London, as an example, uh, mm. then of course only that that second sector. Uh, I mean, that that's yeah. still an EU um, Schengen arrangement uh, sector, mm. so that wouldn't really apply to to the ban so um uh, but i fear i think i don't think this ban will be lifted at all i, th I think this will stay in this place year. for for quite a while and and it could be extended to uh, other european countries uh, rather like the uh, the 100 mil um ban mm. sort of came in and, and yeah. was yeah. never removed that I will never it, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think i'll ever go yeah. that one I well, think right. yeah. yeah I want that'll be interesting to see whether this one stays as well i mean is, mm. is this well, going to yeah. be something that's, that's set that's in stone saying, yeah. yeah for uh, forever and more mm. and will there be other bans come in into place for other items as, as such mm. will it get to the stage where we won't be able to take anything as had luggage on board the probably. aircraft probably mm. anyway on to the next story this is back to the quality chip wrapper that we like to refer to here in the UK oh, as the who, sun whoever picked um, this story for you man. yes I know uh, unfortunately he's picked a video story uh, and I've got to read it out so I no, don't know quite fine, how I'm going to work that out so we'll have to play the video afterwards I suppose because <laughs> if I press play then I, I don't get to see the news story anymore so this is the sun newspaper and uh, the headline is bagger off uh, Ryanair baggage handlers <laughs> caught on camera hurling passenger belongings onto jet by stunned holidaymaker. So this is a, a bit of a repeat of the story that I think we was it last week or the week before. Okay, was, um, it, um, was it the week? Was it the week? No, it was last week. Yeah. It was last week. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, baggage handlers have once again been caught hurling bags into a plane in what appears to be the third such incident in recent weeks. Earlier today, a passenger says he watched on as workers lobbed baggage into the hold of a Ryanair plane waiting on the tarmac at Birmingham Airport. Um, uh, Twitter user Reese Foster posted the footage, which was taken on his phone shortly before 8am on Friday. In the 15-second clip, a worker wearing a high-vis vest can be seen throwing the bags from a truck into the aircraft. One red case particularly seems to have been chucked in without proper care. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, having watched the footage, I'll, I'll play it for everyone now. Let's see what let's see what uh, what you in the chat room here make of it. So, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, then obviously you'll see it now. Uh, if you are um, watching, uh, if you're watching either on catch up or you're listening to the podcast, it's the Sun newspaper. And if you search for Ryanair baggage handlers throwing belongings, you will find the widow. So, video. So, let's have a quick look at it and see um, see what we make of it. There we go. I'll leave the sound off because we don't really need it. But um, yeah, there we go. It's um, let, let, let's let's sorry. One second. There we go. There we go. For those of you in the in the mm. YouTube chat room, you can watch the. Uh, there we go. I mean, they are lobbing. It does it. That's that's definitely lob. But I think we're um, a bit delusional if we think that they pass these things, you know, gently one at a time. Onto, aren't we? I mean, surely. Well, I, I thought they. Used, I mean, on the larger aircraft, they usually use the um, the kind of the, the baggage belts that that mm. um, obviously they can pitch up towards the aircraft hold, and then the cases get took up nice and slowly and gently into the hold of the aircraft. But uh, well, I, I I personally don't think that that's 
particularly bad. I didn't realise people put stuff in the hold with Ryanair. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I didn't think that was... No, that most was, of it is hand luggage yeah, in the overhead bins. Well, this, is, this is kind of what I was thinking. So this, I mean, this is by far not as bad as the ones we saw um, no. uh, a, few, you know, a week ago. No, um, indeed. Definitely not as bad. Uh, well, I, 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 to be honest with you, uh, a bit controversial. I think it's a nothing story. I really do. I, I really do think it's a nothing story. And I'm not just saying that because I'm flying I, with them I during the week. If, <laughs> if, I think if, if I was if I was sitting on the aircraft and I mm. did watch them pick up my case and and do that mm. with the large um, lens that I have for the air shows, I probably wouldn't be all that happy. But then you wouldn't have it in the hold. That is very true. So that is very true. You know, it's yeah. just I, 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 I genuinely don't think it's as bad as they're as they're making it out to be. Anyway. The next story is uh, for you, Nev, and uh, it's uh, funnily enough, it's, a, it's another another BA story. Hmm. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, I've got, I've got the wrong story up in that case. Oh no, no it, it is it is a BA story. Isn't it? That's right. Thank you, Bob. Uh, this is from the um, newnownext.com website. Not one I've heard of before, I have to say. And it says Baby Spice and Tom Daly go undercover as British Airways employees. Mm. Oh, cool. And um, uh, diving dreamboat Tom Daly and <laughs> Eternal Spice Girl Emma Bunton. Obviously, that's your personal opinion, of course. Dreamboat Tom Daly. Have apparently fallen on hard times but the, because they've taken up new jobs working uh, at uh, the airport check in. Well, not really. Uh, Daly and Bunton are the latest celebrities put to participate in Red Nose Day, the fundraising campaign from Comic Relief that's raised over a billion dollars for children in need. And uh, Red Nose Day has become a UK phenomenon over the years, attracting huge stars and even reuniting the cast of Love Actually mm. for the special yeah. this year. And uh, in the two clips shown, uh, Daly and Bunton dress up as British Airways staff and help customers check in for their flights, but the global superstars are never recognised. That doesn't look like Daly from... Uh, sorry, that doesn't keep Daly from flirting with one of the male passengers, There's telling, him, <laughs> telling him who, who he would look good in a mankini. Oh, uh, oh my! <laughs> The, uh, the man even asked the Olympian later, have you ever been told you look like Tom Daly? <laughs> Maybe they don't recognise Daly with his clothes on. Oh, and um, Baby Bunton didn't have much luck either. The customers failed to recognise her, even though she sings lyrics from iconic Spice Girls hits <laughs> oh, like dear. Wannabe and To Become One. Right. At least we know that if Spice, that Spice Girls' money ever dries up, Bunton has got another career to fall back on. And uh, well, Red, Red Nose Day is celebrated today, March 24th in the UK, mm. and May the 25th in the US. Oh, what So which nice terminal story. was this, just out of interest? Was this Terminal uh, 5? They, uh, I yeah, so, I'm just trying yeah. to... It doesn't... Um, doesn't look like Terminal 5 from those pictures. No, um, this that would have been too obvious. Uh, actually, this is right up at the, uh, almost at the boarding gate, but it's difficult to see from those, mm. uh, those pictures. But uh, anyway, there you are. Mm, absolutely. Well, there we are. It, it, it's, uh, it is, of course... Uh, well, I would have recognised Emma Bunton. Would you? Oh, okay. my yeah, God, right. yes. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Well, I, th I, I thought, yeah, I thought uh, a certain Mr... Mr. Um, uh, Tom Daly would stand out in the crowd, but um, you know, apparently not. You know, it, it's it's a funny, it's a funny one, really, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, for those, those as I mean, uh, have we have we got any uh, Spice Girls lovers in the chat room? You know, 
Right. Okay. Good. Or uh, is it just me? <laughs> no, <laughs> just you. I think. Yes. Absolutely. Just me. Just me. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the chat room will will come alive uh, in just a moment. I, I, yeah. It, and of course, uh, it, it, in fact, it's it's just started, hasn't it? Because uh, it, it's yeah, uh, Red Nose Day started at seven mm-hmm. o'clock on BBC One here in the UK. Mm. So uh, yes, I, I shall probably be watching the highlights later. I'm looking forward to the Love Actually thing as well. Mm. So next story is on the FoxNews.com website, and uh, the headline is uh, Southwest Airlines doing away with paper tickets in 80 or 800 million dollar upgrade oh, wow. so southwest airlines is going all electronic starting in may this year the new reservation system will replace the paper tickets currently issued by the airline instead southwest will hand out electronic versions to those passengers traveling on employee guest passes changes won't just be limited to inside the terminal outside on the tarmac workers will soon receive tablets with real-time information which the company claims will allow employees to adequately address and potentially correct issues within minutes after an aircraft lands it's all part of a new plan by the dallas-based carrier to improve technology both on the airport ramp and throughout the flying experience Southwest will be uh, spending around $300 million to accommodate the new changes. Uh, That's in addition to the $500 million the airline has already allocated to a new reservation system. Uh, the investment marks the biggest technological uh, technological update ever for the airline. We're looking for minutes, Mike Van Der Ven, Southwest Chief Operating Officer, told Bloomberg. How do I save a minute here, a minute there? In 2017, we are more deliberate in our continuous improvement efforts. And save minutes they will if the new domestic reservation system uh, the airline is planning to use works out as planned. Following three decades of using the current system, the replacement uh, equipment will allow Southwest to modify prices and schedules in a simpler way. It will also give the airline the same capability that other U.S. major airlines uh, to both accept foreign dollars and recuperate quicker from storms. And perhaps best of all, for passengers in between flights, the technology will be able to improve the timing of flights for connecting passengers, the volume uh, which jumped 11% in the last five years. Southwest anticipates recouping its investments by 2020. So there we go. Ticketless. No more tickets. Mm. Well... Most of most people use uh, the apps on their phones now and stuff to to mm. uh, to have tickets on and stuff now. Anyway, I should just say there's grave concern in the chat room about whether your eggs are free range. By the way, yes, they are. Free Excellent. Range. Okay, yeah. there we are, Tony. I hope that answers your question. They're, they're happy, happy eggs. eggs. Yes, yes. So it's yeah. uh, so they're not free range, but that's more because of a a, rest- a minor restriction at the moment due to uh, uh, bird avi- avian flu avian in the flu. UK. So they. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Absolutely. Anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah. Have you have you, have you used one of these um, e tickets on your phone yet? Yeah. Had yeah, it scanned. Yeah. I, and I stuff? did it with uh, EasyJet mm. um, when I flew out to. Um, and it we, worked. Where was it? I went. Where I did it from the car. It was Menorca, wasn't it? Was it Menorca? Yeah. yeah anyway, wherever it was that I went. Nev, um, I'm guessing you probably use scanny on your phone tickets when you fly yes I do yeah they yeah. use the BA app mm. um, but of course <clears throat> you know Southwest were one of the very first low cost carriers weren't they so they, yes. they've got to have a system that uh, mm. is really robust and uh, inexpensive to uh, to maintain and of course Ryanair really is mm. a uh, um, a European version of Southwest in terms mm. well, of how they yeah. work mm. that is true I still like to have a paper ticket there in my hand yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just. You I know. must admit, I, you know, I, 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 I always carry a paper backup. Yeah. But I prefer to yeah. use yeah. Uh, the, the digital one because you never quite know if. Uh, what if your phone battery runs out before you get to the uh, the gate? Well, then you. Well, yeah, but well, if 
if you if you allow your phone to do that when you are when you are using an e-ticket on your mobile phone, then I'm sorry, but you're a muppet. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, you have to plan ahead for these things, don't you? I mean, I'm sorry. Exactly. I strongly, you know. That's so the next story, moving on, is yes, indeed. Uh, oh, it's it's for you, Matt. Mm, yes, and I think uh, <laughs> Carlos is trying to ensure that uh, that they don't allow me to board this flight that I'm going on Wednesday with. But never mind. Uh, so <laughs> this is on the independent.ie, so it's the Irish version uh, of our UK independent here, and it says the Max Jets, uh, Max Jets next to arrive as uh, Ryanair fleet soars to 380. Ryanair has taken delivery of its 450th jet from Boeing, bringing the airline's fleet to 380 aircraft. That's a ridiculously huge number, isn't it? Mm. 380 aircraft. The new jet is part of a batch of about 180 Boeing 737-800s ordered by the carrier in 2013. In 2014, it also placed a firm order for 100 Boeing 737 MAX aircraft and took an option on an additional 100. Ryanair will begin to take delivery of those 197-seat aircraft in 2019. Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary said in February that the airline was almost certain to exercise the option on the additional 100 MAX jets. So the uh, uh, jets have been described as a game-changer by Mr O'Leary. The MAX aircraft seating layout compares to the 189 passengers carried by the existing 737 aircraft used by the carrier. Crucially, that can be achieved without having to add uh, without having to add cabin crew. The aircraft will also use substantially less fuel. Ryanair Chief Operations Officer Mick Hickley said that the airline will grow its fleet to 585 jets by 2024, when it expects to be carrying 200 million passengers a year. Boeing's Vice President of European Sales for Commercial Airlines, Monty Oliver, said that the delivery of the latest aircraft to Ryanair was a significant milestone in both companies' shared history. Ryanair has been expanding geographically as its fleet size increases. It has launched services to Israel and recently widened its route network from the country. Last week, it announced that it would establish operations in the Ukraine with flights from the capital Kiev and also from Lviv. Is it Lviv? Anyway, sorry. Uh, Ryanair has also been hammering out final details of what would be landmark interlining agreements with airlines, including Aer Lingus and Norwegian. Now, Aer Lingus surprises me because you'd think they'd be rivals, wouldn't you? Mm. But anyway, uh, where it would feed passengers to other carriers' long-haul networks. Aer Lingus CEO uh, Stephen Kavanagh previously said that he expects some form of agreement with Ryanair be implemented this year. Mr O'Leary has downplayed the importance of the likely agreements to Ryanair and this is on the Irish Independent as I said. So the Maxes uh, that uh, the new Maxes that Ryanair are getting they're going to so they're going to have an extra they're going to squeeze an extra eight people mm. onto these aircraft. Yeah. Yes, I think it's slightly slightly bigger. So eight but eight more people per aircraft on a fleet size which will go up to uh, what was it? 197, uh, I think he said. 400, it? No, um, yeah, right. 450th jet from mm. Boeing, bringing yeah. the fleet to... I must say, he, he was, he, uh, O'Leary was very, very... Um, 380, yeah, 380. Uh, yeah. He, he was very sort of like boo-hiss um, to the whole Brexit thing, but that does mm. seem to have sort of, you know, he's, he's still planning to now, uh, he wasn't initially, I know, but he's still planning to extend, extend bases here in the UK as well. So um, perhaps um, perhaps things aren't. But he's going to have to find somewhere to put all these aircraft because you know. But oh, I did yeah. I did read somewhere that uh, that they could with the, when these new Maxes come online, and get delivered that they're going to start to phase out some of their older 
uh, 737-8s mm. that they've got or the 800s that they've got um, in use at the moment. They're going to mm. get rid of the older ones, which will probably be high-mileage versions, I think, of those <laughs> aircraft, mm. to put it. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice to see these Maxes, Nev. Looking forward mm. to when yeah. these, uh, the no, Maxes come online. And, uh, looks like going to be a very popular aircraft, I think. Never, mm. never, is it never ever going to fly on a Ryanair airplane. Don't be silly. He <laughs> might do one day. <laughs> I'll just watch know. other people do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think that's probably the safest place to do it from, isn't it? I, you know, never, <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I I would love to put Nev on a Ryan airplane just once uh, and film the entire experience. No. I have done it once. I, have I've, you? I've, uh, oh yeah, I flew from uh, where did I go from uh, Luton to. Galway, I think it was. Yeah, ah, lovely part um, of the a world. A few years ago, and uh, you know, I, I survived. Um, but, well, you're uh, here now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, yeah. yes, and on that bombshell. Uh, so, next <laughs> yes. story, uh, moving on, is uh, is for you, Nev. Yeah, this is from the uh, UK Independent uh, website, and um, talking of Brexit, as, as we just were, uh, it says that British airline, British-based airlines, are warned that they must move to EU after breakfast. 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 Uh, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, move after breakfast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the best time to do any major yeah. routes. And yeah. it says that the warning comes less than a week before Theresa May, uh, the British Prime Minister, is scheduled to trickle, trigger Article 50. And uh, EU officials have warned UK-based airlines that they will have to relocate the headquarters to the EU or sell shares to EU nationals if they want to avoid um, seeing routes within continental Europe axed after Brexit. And uh, according to the Guardian, representatives from Easy. Jet, Ryanair and the Chewy Group received the warning following a meeting with an EU Brexit task force last week. And uh, to operate intra-European routes, an airline must have a significant base on EU territory and a majority of the capital shares must be EU owned. That means that some airlines would have to sell off shares after Brexit to maintain the rights to fly between cities like Berlin and Rome. And the, the warning comes, as I say, uh, less than a week before uh, the uh, Prime Minister's due to trickle, trigger Article 50. And it says it could also potentially lead to job losses as a consequence of major companies relocating to Europe after Brexit. And the new regulation will be of particular concern to companies such as EasyJet, whose primary business model is based on access to routes across the EU. Britain could respond to the tough EU line in kind by introducing its own nationality rules for EU-based airlines. And uh, one of the aviation experts at the legal firm Clyde & Co uh, told The Guardian that the rules could have big economic consequences in the UK. He said that uh, it might be that carriers choose to have domestic flights on the continent operated by their new European operating licence, which would probably mean a reduction in staff in the UK. And Ryanair said in a statement, we'll continue to adapt the changing circumstances in the best interest of our customers, people and shareholders. EasyJet previously called for an aviation agreement between the EU and the UK that is liberal and deregulated and that may maintains the benefits of connectivity and low fares for European con uh, consumers, businesses and economics. However, in comments sent to The Independent, it's confirmed that they are, uh, there is no certainty about the shape of the new aviation agreement between the UK and the EU, and the company is taking steps to ensure that it can maintain its European network uh, in any scenario. And uh, EasyJets have quoted as saying that the um, the main element is to establish an EU operating company to maintain our flying rights within the EU. 
and this operating company would need to be EU owned. But as EasyJet currently has 49% EU shareholders, this will not present a challenge. And in any scenario, EasyJet's headquarters would remain in Luton and EasyJet will also remain listed on the London Stock Exchange. And um, I, this is a, a bit of a non-story, mm. I think, really, because um, the shareholders of airline um, companies are made up by uh, of, of all sorts of nationalities and all sorts of countries. So it's just a question of moving shares around. I don't think we're moving lots of people around somehow. And of mm. course, we don't know the shape of all this yet anyway so i think it's a little bit premature to, i'm going to be a little bit uh, controversial and say i don't think it's going to make a great deal of difference to us at all if i'm honest i, I, I agree with that absolutely i, and, I, I think um, i think this is all a lot of noise and all a lot of nonsense everybody will still want to trade with the uk because we do have some fantastic services uh, available here mm. and as a result the airlines will find a way uh, to continue they might use it as an excuse to put a few prices up i, I don't think we should be uh, uh marsh has put in the chat room mm. doesn't ryanair have its hq in ireland and so it's still in the in eu the already and yeah, they actually yeah their, yeah their headquarters are in dublin that's right in, yeah. in ireland yeah yeah um but but they they i mean there's been talk recently of expanding their um their operational bases here you know here in the uk where they you know the centers that they've got here in 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 england um or in you know scotland ireland wales and uh, northern ireland uh, and england etc so I don't know. As Nev says, I think it's a little bit of a non-story. Cause, also, uh, you know, pe people like uh, EasyJet have got uh, HB registered aircraft as well, but are based out of Geneva, so they're yeah. Swiss registered mm, aircraft yeah. Yeah. as well, not not mm. uh, G registered. So, yeah, lots of um, mm. what's the word I'm looking for? Opportunities for yeah. creative uh, thinking. Let's yeah. say. Absolutely. And of course, people will still want to fly into and out of the UK. It just means that some of their bases, you know, might not be based here in the UK anymore. But um, yeah. you know. Hey, all part of the fun. <laughs> so the next story is uh, on Flight Global's site, and it's a story that's been covered by quite a few shows. It's uh, regarding the the uh, Ameristar MD83 accident um, that happened. Uh, when that, that was a few weeks ago. The eighth of March. That's oh. it. That was on the eighth of March, and uh, the headline on Flight Global: Jammed elevator cited as factor in Ameristar MD83 accident. Now the story's got a few pictures which Matt will put on mm -hmm. while I'm doing the story but uh, a jammed elevator appears to have contributed to the March runway overrun of an Ameristar air cargo Boeing MD-83 in Michigan according to the NTSB. A linkage to the aircraft's right elevator had been bent and the right elevator had jammed in the nose down position according to an investigation update released on the 22nd of March by the NTSB. Uh, pilots of the aircraft, registration November 786 Tango Whiskey, rejected takeoff from Willow Run Airport in yeah, hmm, in Yips Yisanti Yislanti. I think that's how you pronounce it. Don't Probably not. Michigan. On the 8th of March, the aircraft overran runway 23 left and stopped on grass a thousand feet from the end of the runway, according to the NTSB and accident photographs. Uh, all 109 passengers and seven crew evacuated via escape slides and only one person suffered a minor injury during evacuation. The MD-83 was carrying the University of Michigan's men's basketball team on charter flight 9363, heading to Washington uh, Dallas International Airport for the Big Ten college basketball tournament. 
the NTSB's update focused on the right elevator on which the flight data indicates it uh, did not move during taxi or the takeoff roll. The left elevator, however, did appear to operate normally, swinging to a nose up position consistent with rotation at 152 knots. Uh, the board says that the elevate, left elevator maintained in the nose up position for five seconds until the aircraft reached 166 knots. The aircraft, however, did not pitch up, says the NTSB, and the airspeed increases to 173 knots and the pilots reject takeoff. The NTSB on-site inspectors found the right elevator had jammed. When investigators tried to move the elevator surfaces by hand, the left elevator moved normally, but the right elevator was jammed in a trailing edge down position. Airplane nose down, says the NTSB. The right elevator geared tab inboard pushrod linkage was found damaged, which restricted the movement of the right elevator, it says. After the damaged components were removed, the elevator could be moved by hand. And... Uh, uh, the aircraft's cockpit control column and elevator control tabs did move, as commanded, the NTSB says. The board adds that the previous flight data indicates both elevators moved normally and the aircraft had arrived at Willow Run two days prior, according to, uh, to the NTSB. Ameristar's chief pilot, who was in command of the aircraft, had 2,462 hours in the DC-9 family aircraft and the NTSB says the captain who was flying the aircraft from the left seat had 8,495 hours in the DC-9 types. Though the NTSB accident update does not mention weather conditions, winds up to 68 miles per hour or 42 uh, kilometers per hour buffeted the Michigan uh, airport on the day of the incident, even causing controllers to evaluate the Willow Run control tower at the time of the MD-383 taking off, according to reports. Earlier NTSB documents said the wind blew at 35 knots and gusted to 50 knots at Willow Run at the time of the accident. Addison, Texas-based Ameristar tells Flight Global it's cooperating with the NTSB but declines to comment specifically about the incident citing the ongoing nature of the investigation. McDonnell Douglas manufactured the MD-83 in 1992, according to Flight Fleet's analyzer, and Avianca operated the aircraft from 1992 until Ameristar purchased it in 2010, when the MD-83 had accumulated 40,000 hours and 38,800 cycles, the fleet's analyzer shows. So you saw the pictures there while I was doing the story on the uh, YouTube chat room there. Mm. And uh, that so does, so look, do does look a bit bent, that uh, yeah, uh, linkage there. there's no there. two ways about it. Now, is, the da has the d is it the wind? Is it? I mean, I don't know what... Is 50 knots a lot for an aeroplane? I don't really know. Metal fatigue, Nev? I mean, it, it's fairly Yeah, well I mean, it, it could be uh, lots of things. But, the, mm. the, of course, the problem is that they were going a, a, a hell of a lick uh, when it didn't go up. Um, so that, mm. that is a problem. So, um, yeah, you, you've got to make an assumption that uh, uh, the thing is actually going to rotate into the air. So uh, that's a pretty unusual failure, though, I have to say. That, that's, I don't think that's a very common thing. Um, but even aircraft with lots of cycles on them, um, you know, uh, are still very reliable. Uh, but, of course, yeah, it might have been a maintenance or it might have been a, uh, some metal fatigue or something like that. Mm. Yeah, something definitely gave way, didn't it? There's, there's mm. no the the person who'd yeah. know everything there is to know about this aircraft, uh, is, he was in the chat room, actually, Captain Jeff. Ah, right, yes. Yes, because yeah. he's, he's, he's flying one of these, uh, these types every day. Is he? Wow. 
So moving on to the next story, and uh, this is uh, for you, Matt. Uh, yes, this is on the, Telegraph. the Daily Telegraph. So it's a quality newspaper here in the UK, uh, and uh, this time we're talking about Airbus, and it's Airbus to cut the size of the Super Jumbo's Grand Staircase to sta- Grand Staircase to squeeze in more seats. Oh dear. Um, so the world's largest commercial aircraft, the giant Airbus A380, is to have the size of its grand staircase trimmed to make room for 40 or 50 more seats. Wow, that is a huge jump. Uh, the, the wide staircase at the front of the plane will be replaced with a more compact design, while the slimmer spiral staircase at the back of the aircraft will also be modified. Details of the remake are yet to be finalised, but the pending redesign aims to increase profitability by raising the aircraft capacity to more than 600. Fuel consumption would also be improved with the addition of vertical wingtips, which could potentially improve efficiency by around about 2%. Uh, It has yet to reveal uh, when the new tweaks will be implemented and what other changes to the aircraft cabin design are in the pipeline. But there's a number of redesigned cabin elements that will optimise cabin space without compromising on comfort. And these will further improve the, uh, the operating economics of the A380, a spokesman for Airbus told Telegraph travel. Details of the new cabin will be revealed at the annual Aircraft Interiors Expo next month in Hamburg. He added the sweeping staircase of the A380 is a striking feature of the giant jet which was dubbed the cruise ship of the skies when it was first unveiled back in 2005. But the aircraft's failure to gain new customers in recent years has led to speculation it could be pulled from production entirely. Last December, Airbus said that the production of the A380 aircraft scheduled for delivery to Emirates, the company's biggest customer across 2017 and 2018, would now be pushed back by a year. The news follows its announcement last July to reduce its production of the A380 to 12 a year in 2018, down from 27 just a year ago. Earlier this year, Airbus officials reaffirmed their commitment to the slow-selling A380, announcing record annual deliveries for its family of aircraft. Uh, Fabrice Brieger, who is the president of Airbus Commercial Aircraft, said he was certain that the Super Jumbo's time would come. What I uh, have to accept is that the very slow commercial performance we have had with the A380, uh, but there is a future with this aircraft. More aircraft, more airports will become like Heathrow with congestion, and this aircraft will have a bigger market share, he said back in January. The A380 gathered 319 orders in total as of January this year, while last year Airbus delivered a total of 688 aircraft, up by 8% on the previous record of 635 set in 2015. Back in 2015, the manufacturer proposed a new cabin design featuring a row of seats on a second-level mezzanine for planes to make the most of the vacant space. Uh, so you get the, the gist of the story, basically. There, no, no. We, taking some, some when we travelled back with Qantas on the A380 um, a year ago, mm. or well, a couple of years ago, I think it was now, mm. and um, I thought the spiral staircase at the rear of the aircraft was actually quite small anyway. Yeah. Um, but they're on about obviously mm. adjusting size It's not the size that one, that. is it? It's the grand well, staircase they're more the, talking about, isn't it? But they said that. So Modif- modify yeah. the rear one. That's you know that's, that is yeah. quite narrow anyway. But the obviously the the main staircase is quite large. So do they the do they need two for fire eggs or no? I it, mean, well, they want to put more seats in. No, no. But I mean, do they need? Why do they need two staircases? The aircraft's huge. Uh, the, right, they need okay. a way of getting people upstairs 
and there's two ways of doing it up these stairs here or up the spiral staircase or they've got obviously the airports that can do it and have the uh, have the air bridges they can go on to the top door the actual top um, exits and which would negate the need to have um, you know a large staircase because usually once they're in the air there is quite a large staircase though to be fair yeah (laughs) Yeah. I don't know anyway on the picture it is anyway (laughs) <laughs> have you have you had a chance, Nev, yet to to fly a three eighty or? No, I've got to find a way of doing that, haven't mm. I? Really? Um, yes, I would love to do that. And it's interesting, isn't it? With the A three eighty, obviously the, uh, the you know the aircraft takes a long time to, to build to come into production. But so often in, in these situations, particularly on very large aircraft, by the time the aircraft has come into service the economic position has changed sometimes around the world and actually what they thought was going to be the perfect aircraft for every situation isn't and mm. i think we're going to see more and more of the uh, 787s a350s that kind of you know quite high capacity aircraft but but not as big as the a380s mm. doing a lot, lot more work obviously the a380 is is still you know a relevant aircraft but i'm not sure it's as relevant as it was mm. when it w- was first conceived do you think it's too big maybe I mean, perhaps perhaps they set their sights too high. Uh, um. Well, of course, they've got to... Uh, most airlines make their money on the business class and first class yeah. tickets. Yeah. Uh, the, the economy class fares, which are fantastic for people mm. to get around on, make yeah. the air, airlines very little money at all. Yeah. So they've, they've got to have premium customers travelling. Yeah. And, uh, of course, if you've seen these prices, you know, they are eye-watering and yeah. uh, only mm. if you're working for a very nice company which will <laughs> buy your airline ticket for you yeah. are you going to be in those in the seats so uh, I think the aircraft is portal again so it may be another you know five six years time people say actually yeah we do need that kind of capacity um, but uh, yeah it's very interesting isn't it how, mm. how those economic things change so yeah. that um, an aircraft that was first brought into service just a few years later is not not redundant by any means, but but not as effective as as they thought it might be. Mm. It just I, there's there's work, two things I think which are gonna which are definitely gonna hurt the 380. Mm. That'll be the triple uh, seven DX, the you know the the, the big the, you know when it comes online the triple seven X, and also the A three fifty dash one thousand. You know another mm. another very large wide bodied aircraft from Airbus again, but you know it holds a lot of people. Mm. It's only two engines to power. That's you know save, saving a lot of fuel, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's, I think there's always going to be a spot for the 380. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and if nothing else, it's going to go into sort of folklore. As a, you know, it, it is it is a beautiful aircraft. There's mm. no two ways about actually, it. Actually, just to point out as well before we move on to the last story, there is actually on this page um, a little chart of which airplanes uh, airlines use the most. Um, at the moment, you know, today, mm. and um, there's there's kind of a, a, a top ten. Not we're going to run the top ten again. We had three last week. Okay, right. Um, we're giving but, that a break, are we? Yeah. This week? <laughs> but uh, the, in the in the top ten of which air, air, aircraft do airlines most use today? At the, at the bottom end of the uh, scale mm. is the seven eight seven Dreamliner, um, and at the top of the scale. Um, in the in the kind of first place is the Airbus A320 family, mm. closely followed by the 737 Next Generation, yeah. but that uh, that is actually dominated. If you look at the chart there in front of us guys here, that mm. is dominated by mostly Boeing aircraft. Yeah, okay. There we go. Well, there we are. I, I dare say <laughs> Captain Nick from APG will have something uh, very different to say about that. <laughs> well, he'll that. be happy uh, that the A320 family's in, in the top spot yeah, anyway okay. on there. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, whatever. So the <laughs> last story, uh, the last story I, I moved into last place at 
uh, kind of the last minute because I, I thought it'd be best better for uh, Nev to uh, to read this and for you to sit and sit back and listen, Matt. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Bracing yeah. This is uh, this is from the Leicester Mercury and um, it's all about an e easyJet pilot who answers questions pondered by every nervous passenger. So this is especially for you, yeah, uh, Matt. And, uh, especially um, in light of the fact that I'm, I'm getting on an aeroplane, of course, on Wednesday. So th this this is almost like Carlos planned something. Who could who hmm. could have imagined? <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it, it does go on for quite a long time. But it, it basically says that flying on an airplane is now fairly commonplace. But there's still plenty we don't know about being on a plane. Have you, if you've ever pondered what would happen if the pilot was ill during the flight, or why you have to have your window shutter open? Then read on. An easyJet pilot has answered all the questions you have about being on a plane. At least one in six of us have a fear of flying, according to the Liverpool Echo, who spoke to the pilot chris foster this list should put some of your minds at rest it says what would happen if you accidentally left a mobile or ipad on during takeoff in reality nothing to be concerned about aircraft control systems are so sophisticated now they wouldn't cause any interference the regulations date back many years to when we didn't even have things like ipads and the, the laws are starting to be relaxed you can now use your devices in flight safety mode and i think we'll see more changes over the next few years he says it says uh, is it possible for someone to open the door whilst in the air no absolutely not uh, but you can on the ground. Um, the <laughs> aircraft is pressurised and the doors are what we call plug doors, which prevents them from being opened until the pressure is released. Can turbulence make a plane crash? The chance of turbulence bringing down an aircraft is incredibly remote. Turbulence <coughs> causes discomfort, much like driving down a road with lots of potholes, but uh, it's not actually dangerous or, or unsafe. An aircraft is built to withstand several times the force of turbulence you're ever likely to experience. And again, goes on to uh, ask, is it possible for a plane's engine to stall mid-air? A plane's engine could fail, but that's an extremely remote possibility because the amount of care and attention that goes into maintaining an engine is incredible. Uh, this next um, uh, paragraph I don't really agree with. It says, most pilots are, un are unlikely to ever experience a technical fault with their aircraft in their entire flying career let alone an engine failure. Well, Ooh. I think that's probably yeah. a bit much, isn't it? But, yeah, I uh, think it's a bit strong, yeah. Uh, there's a few other bits and pieces there, but it, it's basically going into some, some details about um, mm. uh, some some questions. And, I, I mean, I think, you know, Matt, you know the answer to all these probably anyway, but uh, yeah. I think it's when you've got... Um, what I like about these sorts of things is when you've got people like Captain Al, mm. who are not only a very experienced captain and operator of the mm. aircraft, but actually have a very good sort of what I would call human interface yeah. as well. And yeah, yeah. You, you've had that firsthand. I you? have, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. And He's uh, fantastic with that. It is, as I say, and uh, Captain Al was very good and, and sort of spent a couple of hours with me back in the summer uh, talking at great length about, um, you know, sort of my, my concerns and fears, which we which we did cover. And, and I sort of, you know, ended my counselling session going up in a little GA aircraft, which I never thought I would ever be able to... Uh, to to do that really but um yeah it's um yeah wednesday is d-day for me really so we've got my first little test flight uh in uh going back to the scene of the crime for want of a better word uh flying with the airline that put me off uh aviation in the first place and um yeah we'll see one of these ones that uh that i, that I like on here is what would happen if the 
pilot took ill during a flight, mm-hmm. I'd like to think that if that happened during one of my flights, they'd they'd, they'd come and get me to to go and assist the. Uh, Even though you're not tight tight rated, never doesn't flown a jet plane, anything <laughs> like. Okay, uh, you know, excuse me, I yeah. have actually on Flight Simulator X. That does not count. You know, I'd like to think that I would be mm. relatively at ease Don't on the flight deck. Don't get me wrong, Carlos. Of, of if if you were sat in the cockpit <laughs> or I was sat in the cockpit, you probably stood a better <laughs> chance. I won't take that small crumb of joy away from you. However, oh, oh, that's very yeah. kind of you, Matt. That's yes, very indeed. kind However, of you. However, I, I I I would probably. Uh, it would be a brown trouser moment for me if they called you into the cockpit. Nothing personal, um, but, you know, <laughs> your experience of real jet planes is only as ever as a passenger, and I'm sure that's quite different. <laughs> so that was the uh, last uh, mm. story for the commercial segment for this Absolutely, week. Yeah. And uh, we have got uh, some... Uh, well, we've got some voice feedback we from Grant McCarran from yes, the Plane Crazy Down yeah, Under indeed. podcast. So uh, while we take a very quick break here in the studio and recharge our glasses, uh, I suggest you do the same. Grab yourselves, uh, turn the old headphones up or uh, you know, t- turn the speakers up or, or take your headphones with you or whatever as, uh, yes, we welcome... I didn't do that very well, did I? But never mind. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. Welcome them, please. It's the legend from Plane Day. Plain crazy down. I give Are you up. right there, man? No, I'm not. I give up speaking. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah. So okay, so we're gonna we're gonna introduce <laughs> then the uh, the wonderful chap that is Grant McCarran from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Hey guys, this is Grant. I'm uh, just responding to the last couple of uh, episodes. Sorry, I've taken a while to get back to you, but I've been off bouncing around the world trying to uh, fly balloons over in Canberra. Um, unfortunately, we only got a couple of days that were flyable out of nine. The weather was not our friend, and it was actually the worst weather we've had in 30 years. Go figure. But yeah, I was listening to your shows while I was out walking around the place and getting some exercise to try and uh, burn off some of the uh, beer and chips that I've been eating a lot of. Uh, the usual thing when balloonatics get together, the social side of things goes pretty well. But, uh, you know, as with anything, and Matt, I do have to remind you on this, control is an illusion. I know you keep trying to control everyone, especially when you've got L and other people on. Yeah, forget it. Just control is an illusion, mate, and uh, you just got to go with the flow and uh, be ready on that bleeper, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you guys mentioned a couple episodes back that uh, you hadn't heard much from us. I mean, what? Come on, we got an episode out in February. Wasn't that soon enough? We got at least one out, but, uh, yeah, we're trying to get another one out this month, and we've got content from Avalon, so we'll see what we can do on that. But, um, just a couple of comments for you. Uh, you were saying that, that some guy had written a, a story where uh, your food choice can limit your access to upgrades and how Qantas and Virgin were saying, oh no, your food choice doesn't impact. Well, they're kind of right. Your food choice doesn't impact when you request an upgrade in advance and you actually pay your money or you uh, pay your, your frequent flyer points, whatever it costs you to do that upgrade. If you do it far enough in advance, they know that you're coming, your food choice won't impact that. What it, and so the airlines were correct in their answers. What they didn't say was how it would go on an on-the-spot upgrade. For instance, if you're in the lounge and you, go, and you say, I want to go to business class, when I do that and it's within a, an hour or two of the flight, I'll have a sticker on my boarding pass that says food choice may not be available. And in fact, there may not be any food at all because they've catered that aircraft for the people they knew about, not the last-minute ring-ins. So if you're sitting there and you're doing your check-in and you're trying to smile winsomely at the young lady behind the counter, or the guy, or you're trying to bat your eyelids at the, um, the cabin crew and you're trying to wangle an upgrade, well, 
yeah, they may not be able to do it if you've got a, a limited uh, food choice. Of course, yeah, they could always bring you that economy food into business and all that, but that could be too much like hard work. So just saying, the airlines were kind of technically correct in their answer, but I don't think they gave the full answer. They were answering if you lodged your request for an upgrade in advance. Anyhow, that's food for thought. Hey, oh, did I see what I did there? And the other bit was uh, the Rex aircraft that lost the propeller over um, Sydney. Yeah, the guys did a pan, not a mayday. You know why? Because they were cool, calm and collected and they knew what they were doing. They still had control of the aircraft. They were able to continue the approach and, and uh, down through the uh, various waypoints and land uh, because the aircraft was actually remaining in control. So they declared an emergency via a pan call, but they didn't go full on mayday because uh, they weren't uh, having a completely nasty day with the aircraft going out of control. So that's the reason for a pan versus a mayday in that case. Also of interest, on the same day at the same time, Sydney had another aircraft coming in. I believe it was a Qantas Link Dash 8 was coming in and they had a medical emergency on board and they were saying, oh, we need one six left. They said, no, you can't have that. We've got another emergency. Oh, what beats us? Oh, these guys have lost a propeller. Yeah, okay, we'll take what you can give us. So interesting that poor ATC had uh, two emergencies to deal with. But anyhow, that's the news for now. I'm just about to go and get on another plane out to uh, Canberra for the day. And then, uh, yeah, next week is uh, supposed to be a flight out to Sydney and the week after that back to Canberra. So we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, I'm doing uh, air show commentary at the Barossa Air Show. Uh, that's coming up on April 2nd. So uh, if anyone's in the Barossa area and wants to get to an air show, come on down. Uh, last time I was there a couple of years ago, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, it should be a bit of fun to see what happens. And hopefully before then, we can uh, Steve and I can get another episode out. We'll see what our time allows. There's a lot going on in our worlds as ever. But hope you guys are well and always enjoying the show. Cheers, guys. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down. 
Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> And we're back. I hope that was enough time for you all to uh, refresh your glasses mm. of uh, vino and uh, beer and uh, ale. And, and thanks very much, Grant, for some great feedback. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, sort of picking up on a few, few perhaps uh, minor errors that we may or may not have put it. it was, uh, I found the uh, the pan thing interesting because I know that was one of the questions mm. I was yeah. uh, asking was, was why was it a pan over an actual sort of full-on May Day? And it's a very reasonable explanation as to why. So uh, It's good to hear your voice as well, Grant. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to hear your voice. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I, did, I did listen to the... Yeah, latest episode, mm-hmm. loved it, and uh, yeah, actually, on that story we done about that uh, lost propeller uh, mm-hmm. we had uh, last week, I think mm-hmm. it was last week, it was last week, wasn't it, um, Ray Davis, one of our listeners uh, over there in Australia, he mm-hmm. actually did send us a link, a video link on oh, our wow. Facebook page, yep. and they found the said Oh, the propeller. missing propeller, oh yeah. wow, yes, I know that was one of your concerns. Well, I, <coughs> actually, I actually show it, the video they show was uh, of the propeller housing and all the the, uh, the actual whole right. unit okay. being retrieved by a police helicopter via oh, wow. a lift, and uh, it was all in one piece. Wow. Uh, it was, yeah, it was all in one piece, and it, it like I said before, it would have would have looked lovely here, um, right. just just behind us here <laughs> yeah, on the okay. wall, just yeah. here would right. look yeah. lovely okay. there. Would it? Um, but yeah, yeah they found yeah. it. So good, it, good it, luck it, getting that. It actually general. landed in a foresty, or sort of foresty kind of uh, wooded area. So wow. luckily, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're you're not kidding. So we've got uh, a couple of a uh, couple of military stories and mm-hmm. to uh, risks well brisk through. So uh, yep. uh, if everyone's ready, we'll uh, do uh, these wonderful military stories. Indeed, yes. Okay, here we go. So the first, I keep meaning to turn that down. That's uh, quite loud. <laughs> is all of a is sudden, that me or is that just loud? No, no, it's know. quite loud. I, I need to do some tweaking. I know. So the first story this week on the military noise, no, military the noise, military, military noise. noise. <laughs> Al would agree okay. with that one actually. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, on the Royal Air Force site, and uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a sad news story, really, because the headline is "End of an Era for Royal Air Force uh, Lossy Mouth Tornadoes." Oh, no, yes. So uh, the X uh, or the fit or sorry the uh, XV what's that? This that's the um, that's uh, a 15, the 15, 15, 15. Yes. Reserve Squadron uh, Tornado Operational uh, Conversion Unit completed its final formal flying on Friday the seventeenth of March two thousand seventeen. The disbandment of the squadron after a hundred and two years service on Friday the thirty first of March twenty seventeen will see the end of the Tornado GR4 era at RAF Lossiemouth. Uh, to mark the end of this period in the station's history, tornadoes from the reserve squadron carried out a final sortie that included flying by Aberdeen and Lucas Airfield and Tain Air Weapons Range. 
These sites have all been instrumental in the training of air crew at RAF Lossiemouth to operate the tornado. The aircraft returned to RAF Lossiemouth in the early afternoon and carried out a series of flypaths over the station. The Tornado Weapons Conversion Unit was based at RAF Honington in Suffolk when it received the uh, Reserve Squadron title in 1992. It moved to Royal Air Force Lossiemouth in November 1993 and then with the closure of the Tri-National Tornado Training Establishment in March 1999, the squadron assumed responsibility for the training of all Royal Air Force Tornado GR4 pilots and weapon systems operators both initial training on the aircraft and in postgraduate courses. Over the past 24 years, the squadron has been the life and blood of the front line, ensuring the squadrons were providing, uh, provi provided with combat-capable crew. Uh, the final ab initio pilot finishes training at the end of January, and the last refresher pilot returning from a tour instructing at uh, RAF Valley graduated at the end of February. Whilst the Tornado Operational Conversion Unit will cease from the 31st of March, the RAF will continue to utilise the GR4 uh, Tornado until it's finally withdrawn from service in 2019. Uh, RAF Marham in Norfolk, not far from us, mm -hmm. is the base of the RAF's frontline Tornado Squadrons from where the aircraft and personnel are deployed to support current operations. Wing Commander Paul Froome is the opera, uh, officer commanding of the Reserve Squadron and took part in the flypast. Uh, he said that the disbandment of the uh, squadron is a milestone in the drawdown of the Tornado fleet. But I can say hand on heart that every member of the squadron, past and present, has delivered an exceptional level of service and commitment to the Tornado fleet and the RAF. Three frontline Tornado squadrons have been based at Royal Air Force Base Lossiemouth since the early 1990s. Twelve bomber squadron was already based at RF Lossiemouth with the Buccaneer when it was re-equipped with the Tornado GR-1B in October 1993. In the maritime strike role, and the squadron uh, that was disbanded uh, at RF Lossiemouth on the 31st of March 2014, however, it was resurrected uh, on the 12th of January 2015 at RAF Marham. Mm. Uh, 14th Squadron was based at RAF Bruggen with the Tornado GR1 before returning to the UK and was based at RAF Lothian in on the 1st of January 2001. The squadron was disbanded on the 1st of June 2011 and the number were plate was passed to an I-Star unit which has been operating as part of the 5th Army Incorporation Squadron at RAF Waddington. Sad news then about the, uh, the Tornado. We, we see a lot of these aircraft flying over here yeah, incredibly low yeah. sometimes mm. <laughs> very low and uh, yeah it's uh, they are a noisy aircraft I will say yeah, that yeah, definitely. so moving very on sad. to yes. the next story yeah the next story we're returning to uh, fam familiar, familiar aircraft this one familiar aircraft mm. very much so and uh, this is on flight global always a good source for of information for anything military and indeed commercial so this is Lima Malaysia receives fourth A400M transport the Royal Malaysian Air Force has taken delivery of its fourth and final Airbus Defence and Space A400M transport aircraft as the European firm eyes other regional opportunities at a ceremony at the uh, Langkawi Air Aerospace and Defence Exhibition Lima uh, Defence Minister um, Mr Hussein 
received a plaque from the European firm's chief executive, Fernando Alonso. What, the Fernando Alonso from from <laughs> no, the one we've, racing? we've had this one before. <laughs> okay. Uh, with this delivery, the RMAF now has a fleet of four aircraft and can start to fully benefit from the A400M's unique capabilities, says Alonso. The, uh, we look forward to seeing the aircraft in action in the region and will provide our full support as the RMAF expands its use of the A400M. The clear vision shown by the RMAF and Malaysia to be part of the uh, A400M program will start to bear fruit in the coming years and I am convinced that they will be an example for the whole region. At a subsequent briefing, Airbus discussed opportunities in the region. One area of significant interest says uh, somebody whose name I'm not even going to attempt to read out loud, but they are nevertheless the head of corporate marketing at Airbus Defence and Space, is regional requirements for maritime patrol aircraft. The company is promoting its C295 MPA at this year's show. Uh, They would not discuss details about Malaysia's apparent need for this type of aircraft, but said that that there is a strong interest in MPAs around the Southeast Asia area. Malaysia appears to have two separate MPA requirements, a shorter range aircraft operated by a private entity used for basic patrol and other domestic duties, a long haul range MPA aircraft for military applications, possibly including anti-submarine warfare, and Airbus's C-295 would be pitched at the latter role. Uh, they also said that uh, the apart from Airbus's strengths as a systems integrator, the C-295 airframe offers several advantages, one being its ramp. This allows crews to quickly change payloads depending on mission requirements. Uh, they also finally said that um, they, they touched on Airbus, uh, Airbus's defence and space's industrial partnership with Malaysia. Malaysian companies are involved with the supply chain for several types, producing wing parts for the A380, composites for the A400M and A320. Malaysian companies also have work packages on the A350. An aircraft that you saw, you watched with that. Yeah, I did. This one yeah, at Farnborough. Yeah, well, it's both, wasn't it? We, we watched the A380 and the A400M. And the A400M, yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved, uh, loved the A400M. That is a yeah. pretty good, a smart time. Like this. Mm. I'd have a go on one of those, I think. Yeah, good luck with that. I yeah. know. <laughs> so, uh, Nev, the last story is uh, for you. Yes, it's from uh, the Flight Global website, and it says uh, Kabul welcomes the latest batch of Super Tucanos, and uh, Afghanistan has bolstered uh, to a dozen its in-country fleet of Embraer Sierra Nevada A29 Super Tucano light attack aircraft with the arrival of its latest four examples in Kabul. Flown from the U.S. Air Force's Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, the A-29s arrived in Afghanistan on the 20th of March. They will undergo a brief reconfiguration, after which they will be ready for combat operations in the 2017 fighting season, according to uh, the U.S. Air Force. Their arrival takes to 12, the number of A-29s now in the country, with seven more continuing to support pilot and maintainer training activities in the U.S.A. Brigadier General David Hicks, commander of the services Kabul-based 438th uh, Air Expeditionary Wing, says that the Afghan Air Force pilots are continually gaining proficiency in the A-29 and that the growing fleet is capable of providing air attack anywhere in the country. 
The U.S. Air Force acquired an initial 20 A-29s for the Afghan Air Force with a single-engine type capable of performing close air support, uh, air interdiction, escort and armed reconnaissance missions. Its first four examples were Hamid, uh, Hamid Karzai in Kabul in January 2016. Meanwhile, the first of the eventual 12 Lebanese A-29 pilots has made his first training flight in the aircraft at Moody Air Force Base, which was conducted on the 22nd of March. The milestone sortie was part of an instructional program, which the US Air Force says emulates the one provided for the Afghan Air Force and the activity will also deliver training for up to 20 maintainers and is intended to enable Lebanon to stand up to its own squadron with the country acquiring six super Tucanos. The ultimate goal is for them to fly, uh, is to fight ISIS on their eastern border, says Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Hill, commander of the US Air Force's 81st Fighter Squadron at Moody Air Force Base. So a bit of background then on the Super Tucano, because we like to give a few little um, snippety facts on the aircraft. Um, it was uh, it's, it's Brazilian in origin, the Super Tucano, and quite a relatively new aircraft. First flew in 1999, mm. uh, introduced into service in 2003. So if you want to go and buy one of these Super Tucanos, I've seen one of these in action actually flying, and uh, they are they do look they are quite um, mm. nippy. Is uh, put it to put it bluntly. If you want to go and buy one of these Super Tucanos, if you've got a spare uh, kind of spare twelve million dollars lying around, you can As buy you yourself yeah. one of these uh, Super Tucanos. And uh, in a geeky sense, if you want to know how much one of these uh, aircraft costs to to uh, operate per hour, uh, it will set you back uh, five hundred dollars an hour to uh, to operate one of these uh, these Super Tucanos. So there we go. That's really scary. So no, it's good to see that, that, that uh, these are being used here. I mean, the, the line-up there, Matt, put the picture on the uh, screen while you're doing the story there. Mm. And, uh, yeah, quite quite like they have similar of these up close as well and personal mm. as well at an air show. So, uh, yeah. So that's where we bring the military stories to a close. The chat room's mm. been chatting away to itself mm. here while nice. we've been doing the show. There's been there's been there's been a mixture of chat in the chat room. It's kind of gone from aviation to history. Oh right. Oh. And uh, we've we've kind of gone from history to to um, well we've gone from history to air shows. I think we've good, gone in good. Well, air shows is always the way forward, isn't it? <laughs> you can just see Poppy behind me there. Look. Uh, yeah. Right. Can you see her there? There she is. Look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nev, have you enjoyed yourself this evening? Yes, yeah, superb. Thank you very much, Nev, for inviting me on. That's good. Uh, really nice. Really nice show. Good, good. So uh, we are going to draw the uh, show to a close this evening. It's been uh, it's been nice to have you on, Nev, as always, and uh, yep. we hope you've all enjoyed this week's show with the uh, with the various uh, newsments that we've had on here tonight. Don't forget, you can uh, catch us on the, the web. And uh, where, where's our email? What's our web address, Matt? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, sorry, you, you, <laughs> I thought you were going to do something else first, so it was. Uh, I brought up the wrong page. So just bear with me a moment. Yes, okay. our website is uh, com. It's facebook.com forward slash uk. if you want to actually look at us on Facebook. Twitter, our Twitter handle is at plain talking uk and of course please do send in your audio feedback mm. and that is uh best way to do that is to send us an email so it is podcast mm. at plain talking uk dot com now obviously uh, our show wouldn't be the same if we didn't allow our uh, guests to uh, plug themselves a little bit so uh, perhaps if anybody would like to know a little bit more about the legendary nevtech where can they take themselves 
Yes, I've got my own website now, which is all a bit uh, clunky and sort of homemade, but it, it kind of works. It's uh, www.nevtech.org.uk, and I work for a company called Feltech, F-E-L-T-E-C-H.co.uk, and we are a broadcast and audiovisual systems integrator working uh, all around the world these days, uh, large auditoriums, studios, anywhere where people need to communicate, basically. Indeed, excellent. And uh, just just uh, on the uh, on a different subject, uh, never that that uh, I like the uh, the BA seven four seven picture that uh, was on, on our Twitter on our podcast family mm-hmm. Twitter feed of uh, of <laughs> never uh, was it uh, Nevtech Airways. I, yes. I think it's the way forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, isn't isn't Photoshop a wonderful thing? <laughs> isn't it? Yes, yes. Did wonders for the uh, for the uh, Airbus fan. I should just no, no. Yes. It was on. It was actually on the side of a seven four seven. It was. Uh, yeah, right. Boeing seven four seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It was a bit of my handiwork. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. It was your fault. I, I like to spoil it? Nev. Yeah. <laughs> I like to spoil mm. him. Something like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to say a big thank you then to everyone who's joined us in the chat room mm. this evening. There's been loads of you guys and girls in the chat room uh, having a good old chat away. Mm. Uh, don't forget, we we, start, we talk about it every week, but obviously we have had Rick Bell in the chat room tonight. Yep. And um, for those of you, I hope, we really, really, really do hope that uh, some of you guys and girls can join us at Pittsburgh in May for the Wings Over Pittsburgh Air Show. It's going to be an absolutely epic weekend. Uh, you know, it's going to be up there with Farnborough. You know, it's going to be that yeah, big. So, so uh, it'd be good to see some of you out there if you can make your way over to Pittsburgh. Obviously, if you're already in the U.S., it's going to be a lot easier for you. Yeah. Um, but, no excuses. Um, <laughs> me and Matt are going to be uh, travelling out to uh, to Pittsburgh, actually with two different airlines. So uh, we're, yes, we're yes. going to be able to give you. I'll be able to give you a full review on Air Canada, and uh, Matt's going to be able to. Um, uh, yes, I'll be able to give you a full review on on my experience on United. So wow, I look yeah. forward to that. And, and Nev, you're flying out with uh, what airline are you Ryan flying out? I think isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it now? Oh yes, yeah. British Airways. That's yes, I'm flying yeah. to uh, yeah. Toronto B-O-A-C. from yeah. Heathrow, and then. Uh, Liz Piper is very kindly driving me down to uh, Pittsburgh from there. Uh, oh, so wow. it's actually not, not too bad a drive at all, actually. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, perhaps I'll have to put you together a little CD, Nev, of, oh, um, no. of some quality tracks to listen to on Say the car no. on the way down. Say no. <laughs> I was hoping for an eight-track cartridge, actually. Oh, oh yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> Carlos has no idea what one of those is. Oh, is no, there. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, well, remember, remember, I remember I'm older than you, Matt. Yeah. Only by a month. Or two, right? Ish. Okay. Yeah, but I'm anyway, older than you. Uh, <laughs> that is where we bring episode number one hundred and fifty-seven to a close. Uh, thank you, as always, Nev. You've been a ledge as 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 expected. Really, mm, this is what we expect you. of you. And uh, yes, so from all of us here in the studio, and of course, uh, say goodbye, Nev. Take care. <laughs> Brilliant. The Skype went wrong right at the end there. Never mind. So from all of us us here in the studio, it is uh, where we say goodbye. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye.